back from the dead. Show uncancelled, like Futurama and yeah. The Family Guy and uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine, Brooklyn Nine Nine, and uh, Community. And except it's still gonna be good after it's robot. <laughs> it's not gonna be bad. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> I hope too it will be good this is m class email the show where we sit down with your emails read them and give live reactions but not reactions with a tm fine brothers fuck off <laughs> what did they trademark that they did trademark that reactions the word reactions yeah react video they trademarked that oh wow great you wow guys react video cool thanks guys you know yep. what if it stops react videos from happening i'm fine with it it won't. It'll. Well, God, they'll just call them something else, like uh, surprise shorts. Man, I had some of those in high school. Anyway, um, our bar, first bar, email. Bar. <laughs> our uh, first email of the evening is from Sotomaru. Sotomaru. And he begins by saying, Trek Young Adults. <laughs> Trek Young Adults. Third time, it's been a long time. Oh, fuck. It's been a long time reading these emails. Dude, we need to get somebody to record, like, a fucking remix of that and just use Uh, it as our email. That would be great. Uh, So after a one-year or so unintentional hiatus, I got back to listening to your sumptuous podcast, and I'm now (laughs) almost caught up to 100%. Wow, it's been a while. Yeah, it has been a while for Sotomaru. Yeah, that's that's like an early emailer, I think. Yeah, I recognize his name, and I just thought he never left. You could have said you never left. I would have assumed you're still listening to the show. <laughs> so good I, I job. Just assume everyone is always listening to the show at all yeah. times. Yeah, like at important events in their life, the show is on. <laughs> Babies being born, the show is on. Shh. Keep that baby quiet. They're talking about Star Trek. Shut up. Jeff and Josh are being awesome as usual. (laughs) Over the past few weeks, I've wanted to write about several subjects, only to find them addressed in the next email episode. Guess that zeitgeist kept pulling the rug out from under me. Fuck you, time ghost. (laughs) Anyway, here's some random Star Trek thoughts for you. Number one, I recently started watching DS9 again and am approaching the middle of season seven. As only a paper moon began, I started rolling my eyes at the prospect of a hollow suite episode centered on Vic Fontaine. Yeah, there's a couple of those. <laughs> However, this turned out to be a very good episode. The scene where Nog breaks down while talking to Vic almost had tears bring to my eyes. Yeah, he gets like, uh, he's a war, he's injured in the war, right? He loses his leg. Yeah. And he gets, like, post-traumatic stress, and he, like, lives in Vic Fontaine's fucking holodeck, ca- like, hotel or whatever, right? Yeah, because it's, like, it's his escape from the real world. Yeah. He doesn't have to deal with he it. He doesn't go back and deal with his life, yeah. He points out that considering the Ferengi costume, that's nothing short of a tour de force when it comes to <laughs> acting. Yeah, he's great. Maybe this would be a good episode to review sometime in the future, like a holodeck collection or something. Fuck yeah. We could do a Barkley yeah, episode. Oh god, Barkley just going and like turning his fucking bosses into sex objects. <laughs> I'll be back to fuck you, Diana Troy. Yeah, he turns his bosses into sex objects or tiny people for him to humiliate. To punch and like make fools of. 
Uh, have you guys watched the Wild Wild Country documentary on Netflix? What's that? It's another one about cults, and I thought it was very wild indeed. I just recently watched uh, um, a documentary about Area 51, and I believed every second of it. Mm. Mm. <laughs> it's called... Uh, the, the documentary is insane. It's, it's, it's called This Shit Wild, the this, Area this 51 <laughs> store. <laughs> you ain't gonna believe this shit. Reaction bid, TM. <laughs> Uh, was it Bob Lazar is the guy's name uh, who's like supposedly worked Bob, there. Bob Lazar's law blog. Blah blah blah's <laughs> law blog. Uh, and Mickey Rourke does a voiceover in the documentary for no reason. Because he's fucking he's a, a crackpot like you, <laughs> dude. It's crazy. It's so. I told Mike to watch it. I was like, Mike, you gotta watch it. And I don't. I was like, also, you gotta watch him on like. The fucking, uh, what's that? Joe Rogan pod? I watched like the oh. Joe Rogan podcast afterward because oh I was like, God. I was like, I gotta see what this dude has to say. <laughs> Joe Rogan podcast is Joe like Rogan, yeah. Every, every bit of like hyper masculine misinformation yes. on the internet comes yes. right out of Joe Rogan's face. Yeah. Joe Rogan <laughs> does that thing where he'll like play both sides like shamelessly, right? Oh, yeah. And I, I find that to be like, Super annoying. I, I can't stand him. Like, yeah, yeah. No, I know. You, I don't. I don't usually watch his show or listen. This to his dude, show. fuck. You hosted Fear Factor. Calm down. Right. You were. Yeah. Uh, you hosted Fear Factor, and you were on uh, news radio, and also you f- do the fights now. Yeah, right? he was the, like one of the fucking replacement hosts on the Man Show when the two guys who oh, did it yeah. got too ashamed <laughs> to do it anymore. <laughs> Now the fucking Jimmy show. Kimmel is like the late night host star or whatever. Yeah. Shit really went uphill for that guy. I remember the first episode of the Jimmy Kimmel late night show. They were drinking vodka out of milk cartons. And ABC was like, you can't ever do that ever again. Why? Because they were, they were wasted. They were 100% wasted oh, on the well, show. Well, that makes sense. You can't get like, wasted on the they show. Were, they were wasted. And Jimmy Kimmel now is like... He's like just a guy who does late night. Apparently, he, like his his shtick, his late night shtick is that he doesn't shy away from political shit. Like he gets yeah. real hardcore, like yeah. full left wing political on his show and brings yeah. on political guests and stuff. Yeah, he's all right. I I, I just think it's funny because he used to be like yeah, he used to be the man Central. show. Yeah, Comedy Central fucking yeah. Girls jumping on trampolines. Oh my god, I forgot about that. That was the whole show. <laughs> that was the end, right? They did. Now it's the girls on the trampolines, and it's like, yeah. you know that there's like porn, right? Like yeah, you don't just, have to watch this. There's pornography. I can just go like watch people having sex with each other. Uh, he concludes his email by saying, "The other stuff I'd like to ramble about aren't Star Trek related, so I'll keep them for another time. There's what? no reason to do that. Yeah, this is the time. You can ramble about whatever you want to us. Yeah, I don't care." Uh, hope to make it on the show this time. Love you guys. So tomorrow, assistant to the general manager, Uhura Penthe, penal colony. Oh, penal colony. <laughs> Uhura Penthe? That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, thank you for that email, So tomorrow. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, I'd like to point out that we got a really fun email from a longtime fan of the show, and host of One Million Podcasts, Asterios Kokonos. Okay. Who um, 
I'm saving that for another day, Asterios. So I wanted to go ahead and point that out. You're teasing everybody. I'm teasing it. It's a very fun email that I'm going to be saving for another day. Damn, dude. Thank you, Asterios. Thank you. I think, I think you told me about it already. Yes. Sorry, uh, now. <laughs> our next email is from David S., who uh, that's a fake name <laughs> it's it's entitled just an old-fashioned homegrown email like your gram gram used to make gram gram and he in quotations is asking me to say this in my best bluebell ice cream commercial country accent <sighs> which i assume is like the georgian style yeah, Georgia. What's like, Georgia? Well, how did they track, boys? It's a little bit smoother. Yeah. I was just enjoying a pleasant horse ride with Sally Mae and that uh, that old holy dick <laughs> and found my mind a-racing faster than a pond fawed green blood with a picture of a butt painted on the inside of his glasses. That's very vivid and slightly racist. There's so much spacist about this email. Yeah, that's all. It's like, but also like, how can he see the butt? <laughs> it's too close. <laughs> I just couldn't wrap my noggin round the vastness of them there cosmoses. I mean, hell. Space is bigger than a balloon filled with too much air, I tell you what. <laughs> what a perfect analogy. I know ancestors of mine were meaner than Klingons out of wine and more yellow-bellied than a pack of Sulaban with mustard on their shirts. <laughs> what? But their kin, after nutting up and figuring shit out, now enjoy a life free of basic need, money, and full of experiences that are just plain richer than a Ferengi hawking Gatorade on Riser. This dude has a million analogies. <laughs> How's this balloon gonna take more air? <laughs> Ain't hard to learn about stuff we're finding out there. Annoying god aliens in wormholes. Annoying god aliens from continuums. And jerk liquid aliens made a sweet tea. Sweet tea. As our good folks in red, gold, and teal explore them stars, the threats to humanity and Earth seem to grow bigger than the chart showing where we found them. I reckon there might be a point where we get too big for our britches and piss off the wrong alien. Hell, oh, no. I'll never forget Wolf 359, and it was a good thing I was already pissing on a June bug when I saw that cube in orbit, or else I'd have had to wring out my drawers. <laughs> <laughs> After the Borg and Dominion, could it be time to focus less on exploration and more on making the Federation great again? Oh, no! Now, I'm just a simple pit master, and maybe I'm sounding a little yellow-bellied myself, but feeling <laughs> like the Federation can't keep up with these threats makes me more nervous than a long-tailed Cadian in a room full of rocking chairs. <laughs> Being in Starfleet yourselves... What sorts of technologies, alliances, or shifts in focus would you like to see in Starfleet to prevent the Federation getting surprised worse than a Klingon getting caught with bold dicks in his hands? <laughs> Y'all take care of yourselves, you hear? Signed, David S. Pitmaster on the USS Pound of Pork Ribs. <laughs> that sounds delicious. I, I want to get reassigned to that ship. Yeah, how do we get... 
that? How do we get to there? So, what sort of technologies, alliances, or shifts in focus would we like to see in Starfleet to prevent the Federation getting fucked? Uh, I think we just gotta keep keep doing what we're doing. You can't prevent it. Like, there's nothing you can do. That's the point. That's the yeah. whole point. I think any sort of idea of prevention is, yeah. like, Counter- make, it's make-believe. It's yeah. all made up to make you feel better, but it really, it's just going to make it worse for There's you in no the long run. There's no control. You're just the illusion of control. There is no real control. The you illusion control. of control means that you're going to be slower at responding to the real right. problem when it happens. All you can right. do is, like, the only preparations you can do are, like, background things. You can't change your way of life. Like, there's a right. whole Deep Space Nine episode about that with the infiltration of the Federation yeah. by the Dominion. Yep. Can't change if Wolf nine eleven three five nine taught us anything. We can't let the Borg win. It's true. Uh, I have no intention of making the Federation great again. Never it's, say that to me yeah, again. Yeah, no. Let's uh, not do that. I feel like really we need to be focusing our technologies towards uh, more pound of pork ribs. Uh, I want to know more about this glasses with butts painted on the inside of them, and where do I get one? The butts wouldn't be in focus, though. They'd be too close. But what if what if the technology could make it so the butt was in focus? Is it a naked butt, or is it a underweared butt? How, how much butt are we talking about here? Maybe it projects a butt into your eyeball so it like it's an upside down butt on this lens that projects right. into your eyeball so you see the right side up but does it project the ideal like what my brain thinks of the ideal butt is there enough room in your eyeball for that josh no <laughs> there's not enough there's not enough glasses in the universe for that uh i appreciate your ability to weave an analogy holy hell you did so well that was great those were really good I laughed at at least three of them. (laughs) Really what Starfleet needs to do is stick to its principles, its guiding ideals, and make certain that no matter how far we have to stray in order to protect them, that we never break them. Ben, don't break. That's how I feel about my beloved Federation, my beloved Starfleet. Oh, Federation, we love you so very much. That's the one we kept, huh? We kept the old Canada in the far future. And when we think of you, it makes me want to fart. It's I hope we never part from the Federation. Get it right Get or right pay, right the, pay price. the price. <laughs> Get it right or Rorapenthe. Rorapenthe. Uh, hopefully that answered your question, you southern stereotypical bitch. Damn. Fuck, dude. All right. Our next email... <laughs> <laughs> our next email comes from Cap'n Kevin. Hey. Uh, not our Kevin, but also our Kevin. Yeah. I didn't think it was Kevin uh Kevin 36. Kevin 36. He's my favorite of the Kevins so far. He's, he's getting better. Honestly. The new the new Kevin is always my favorite. The new Kevin smell. <laughs> Uh, he, he is entitled this email The Influential Fictional Ass Star Trek Has on Our Real Ass Life. Yes. Or the influence, blah, blah, blah. Um, dearest Trek boys. Hi. First time email, long time listener here. Welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to the party palace. <laughs> 
I thought of a discussion-type question that may have been covered in previous episodes, so I completely understand if you don't include it. I think you've discussed how Trek has influenced the way you think about the world from a morality-slash-ethical-slash-political point of view, but how much has Star Trek's influence played a role in making real-life decisions and setting real goals? So, I have a story um, about this. Uh, Sure. I went to the Philadelphia Geek Awards. (laughs) Did you win anything? Uh, we, we have before, but we were not, Continue was nominated, like, this was, like, two years ago, mm-hmm. for, for best web whatever the fuck, right? And we've been around for, like, a hundred years, so I went kind of being, like, we're not gonna win, right? right? And we didn't, we didn't win, but the entire night, there were these, like, incredible, like, people there, who, like, real scientists, real, like, people who changed the world, and this fucking kid made a tricorder like he made a device that that like uh what's the word i'm looking for that uh diagnosed you yeah Yeah. and i was like this motherfucking 18 year old kid made this fucking device like and i say like dick and butt like i don't belong here (laughs) i was like this guy fucking invented a fucking tricorder it's crazy he really it, it's like 97% accurate or some shit like that. That's wild. It's crazy. I don't uh, think that answers his question though, Josh. That's how it's changing the world, man. That well, kid yeah, like it's Star definitely Trek. changing the world. Yeah, uh, scientists like love Star Trek and not because like you know, they're scientists already. It makes them want to be scientists, right? Oh yeah, but, there's like uh, it, the James Doohan talks about how he received letters on the daily about yeah. people who became engineers because of watching him. Yeah, but um, he means like more personally, like how it's affected your like how it's affected decisions. my life, how it's affected your everyday decisions and your like life goals and stuff. Well, this is like super metaphysical, and I don't know if I can like answer it. I think people make a decision in their life. Partially, I think they make a decision, but I think also part of it is the type of person that they are, just because of either genetics or environment. I think you decide that you want to be a type of a person, and then you try to work toward that. And Star Trek like definitely played a huge role in that for both of us, Jeff, because I know we don't want to be shitty. Oh, yeah. Right? I try. So, <laughs> yeah, we try, right? But, I mean, we're going to be shitty a little bit. There's like people. definitely... A humanist, like a, a yes. heavy streak of humanist in both of us that was inspired by Star Trek. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and like, there's always that moment when like a bad situation's getting worse, and you think to yourself, like, what's the best way to approach this? And whether you think about it or not, like Star Trek had a hand in giving you that information. Like, what would I always think? Like, what would Picard do? Like, that's oh, yeah. like a thing I definitely think about sometimes. Where I'm like, how would somebody who my ideal of respect and like humanism handle a situation and hopefully i come even one percent close to that ideal i don't know if i do i don't know oh, yeah like i try to live up to that starfleet ideal like i think yeah. when i'm in public situations i always think like how would a starfleet officer handle this how would a starfleet right. officer like behave in this type of situation it helps me in like taking myself out of the equation too because like star in starfleet and in star trek like when they go back in time and they're dealing with like ignorant racism they don't get like personally offended about it 
even though like it, it personally is offending them, they they deal with it on a very like uh objectively manner like where they're very like they're they're like disgusted by it personally but they're not like uh they're not just like yelling at the guy because yeah, they're not like blinded do, right? by yeah. the rage of the moment right right so i kind of think of like that like has you know has that led me to like like buddhism and stuff maybe i don't know you know what i mean like i don't i don't know i can't answer that i don't know the answer to that so it's like there's always like the formative years like growing up watching Star Trek like I'm sure that my ideal of like what it means to be a good man yeah is very much created by Captain Kirk and Captain Picard yeah yeah they're like, like your dads like that's how I, I was like well I want this guy to be like my role model and you get yeah. to, that's what's great you get to pick your role model right and it's like the, I read this article the other day that I really loved, and it was from a uh, trans man. Yeah, and he wrote that the the thing that taught him what it meant to be a real man and not the like way masculinity is right. portrayed on television and in movies and stuff usually was Captain Kirk. Right, and he specifically cited the episode Charlie X, where he tries to explain to Charlie to like women, what he's doing yeah. is wrong. Yeah, yeah. And like you can't always have what you want, and you can't use your power as like right. a man to take. Right. And it's it's all about it's all about give. Right. It's not about take. And I thought that article was amazing, and it really like opened my eyes to how formative Star Trek was to my idea of what it meant to be like I guess a grown up to do the yeah, right to, thing and right. be like an adult right to be a rational human being and not just like an ape man screaming about stuff he wants which is like what most people are there, like, there is a lot of that in the world <laughs> there's just people screaming about the thing they want and like that's not how society should be like you can't like we all we all feel that way all the time. Like we all are have base needs, but we need to like transcend that, right? Like we need to like get past our base instincts. And that that to me is like the biggest thing. Evolving um, beyond where we are now is yeah. super important to the narrative of Star Trek and I think it yeah. should be more important to people in general. That's why I think Jeff and I get so mad about new Star Trek stuff cuz that's gone it's not there anymore no like, that's, like you can't even find it in subtext anymore. it's not yeah it's, there's no there's no trace of it so the thing is if you and i've said this to people and they get really angry but fuck them if you watch starship troopers right and then you watch into darkness back to yeah. back those take place in the same universe right <laughs> They're both like they wearing Nazi have, uniforms. They, they both have the same set of ideals. Yes, yes. And they right. all act exactly the same way. Who gets way. mad about that? Because it's, it's true. That's why they get mad about it. It's yeah, like, it's true, and they hate it, so they yeah. get mad about it. They're like, but wait like, a minute, there's something to this. It's just like Starship, Starship Troopers is a satire, and Into Darkness is 100% serious. Right. And it takes the well, it takes up part of it. Seriously. Also, uh, Into Darkness doesn't have... Uh, uh, Dina Meyer's boobs in it, so it's true. I think just that's uh, mention number two of Dina Meyer tonight. Yeah, she's on <laughs> on my mind, old Dina. She's always on my mind. I know hey. Dina. I know you're listening, Dina. 
she's a big fan of this podcast. Yeah, yeah definitely. Kevin um, Kevin says, um, I'm young enough to have had every season of TNG on DVD growing up, so characters like Picard, Riker, and Data, etc. were my role models all the way through my formative years, and even now that I'm a grown person, mm-hmm. with grown person responsibilities. <laughs> I chose to major in music for my undergrad because school's dumb and band was the only thing I was good at and enjoyed. Yeah, that's how artists are. That's how that's how it is, right? <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel about it. That's how I sort of feel about it. School's I chose, dumb. <laughs> I chose to emphasize in music education for a bunch of practical reasons, but a major one was that I like to see instrumental ensembles as a crew, the music hall as a ship, and the music director as the captain. There you go. I admire Picard, Kirk, and Cisco so much that I wanted to be the captain, too, and that has given me a shit ton of motivation throughout my education and career. So much so that I went on to pursue a master's degree. Damn! I, I don't want to be the equivalent of some rando Starfleet captain. I want to be Picard slash Kirk slash Cisco of band directors. That's awesome. I'm not just trying super hard to live out of fantasy. I love my field and I love teaching, but I feel that imagining I'm a captain with a responsibility to his crew and his ship helps me stay motivated when others would get burnt out. I think that's a great way to look at things. I do that too. You know, I, I want to be like a member of the crew, but I also want to like be a good leader at stuff. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I, yeah. I think a lot of times being a good leader means not poking and prodding things and... I think people can confuse that for not caring sometimes, but like good leaders True. know when to like say stuff and when not to, you know. Oh, but yeah. I, th- I think that's a great way to look at any situation. I mean, there it's have awesome. been situ- there have definitely been situations in my life where like I've I've realized that I was in a position at the head of something, yeah, and that the best way to approach it is like the Picard method or right. the Kirk method and sometimes the Cisco method. Right. Get sometimes. mad and punch a god. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, when I was in college, I would stay late all the time in the design lab doing work at night mm-hmm. and at a certain point in time I realized like I got given the keys to the place. Right. Like, cause I was there all the time and I was there all night. Yeah. You had like responsibility, right? You're just in charge. The professor was like, just lock up, make sure everybody's out by like 2 (laughs) AM. Yeah. And I was like, all right. Yeah. And like, I realized that like I was in charge of the situation now. Right. And there were times when I Picarded a situation and I talked somebody out of their bad behavior. And there were times when I... I Cisco'd the situation and just kicked him out of the fucking line. And just yelled at, and yelled at him, yeah. Yeah, they did that to me at Game Revision. I got the keys, like, the second week I was there, and I was, like, the only person who, like, worked there, like, normal, like, besides, like, you know, the owners. who And I I just think a lot of it was because I was very even-keeled about certain things, and there's a lot of people around who, you know, weren't even-keeled, so they weren't going to be in charge of that, right? So. There's there's a sense of responsibility yeah. that's necessary as well and like respect. There's a sense of respect too. Oh like, yeah. Not like kiss assy. Re- I mean like you, like it's a fine line, right? Like you gotta like be yourself, but also like have respect for like the people around you and stuff. Like I I ran a stream like ages ago, back before streaming games was like mm-hmm. big. Yeah. On like it was on live stream. Yeah. And uh I don't even know if that's a thing anymore. No, I don't think so. But, uh, like, 
I got given that live stream by the guy who started it because it was a, like a Mega Man marathon where somebody played through all the games. Oh my god. And when he was done, there was like a community around it of like 50 people or That's whatever. awesome. been watching the whole time. And I'm still friends with some of them to this day. Yeah. But like I was given control of this or whatever. And eventually I didn't want to fucking deal with it anymore. Right. And I had to pick somebody to give it to. And everybody was like super confused when I gave it to my friend Eric, who lives listens to this hey eric hi eric people were confused that i gave it to eric including eric and the reason why i gave it to him is because he had a sense of responsibility about it and cared about what happened to it right. it wasn't just like a cool thing to be like i own this i have the keys yeah, yeah. right yeah i know and, uh so pat yourself on the back eric you're a good guy good job eric you didn't I love suck you. i love you buddy i um, don't know you but i guess i love you too <laughs> you went to one of his streams once Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. that. I do remember that. Uh, anyway. I don't um, go to a lot of people's streams, so it's easy for me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he finishes out the email by saying, since you guys are older and wiser, I wanted to see how you relate to any of this. And it turns out a lot. Yeah, I think people who are Star Trek fans all have a similar type of uh, brain waves. Like, I think we all feel the same about certain things. It's, it's Oh, yeah. It's like much anybody more who like than... is into Star Trek and doesn't completely misunderstand the message of it completely. Right. That's like what you're yeah, saying. Right, right. And yeah. there's a lot of that and it sucks. But um yeah. thanks for the email, Captain Kevin. Thanks, Captain Kevin. It was a good one. We did it. <laughs> our uh, our next email of the evening is from Mr. Steve Nemzik. Steve and it is entitled The Federation of Session with Family History. Okay. I don't know what that means, but uh, that mean? he begins by, So, have you noticed how much Next Generation characters, and indeed humans in general by the 24th century, seem to be really invested in their family history? Hmm. Riker immediately recognizes his ancestor Thaddeus, I don't know how to duck Riker, in that one <laughs> shitty Voyager episode. <laughs> you know the one where all the promos showed Riker and everyone got all excited? And, and he was there for two he's seconds? In, he's in it for like two minutes of the episode? Yeah, that was awesome. Thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. Also, Picard seems to have a deep affection for his family. Yeah. There's that one episode where he stomp, stomps his brother's nuts into the grapevine after it suddenly hitting, uh, after subtly hitting on his sister-in-law multiple times in the episode. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, he called he called her the best cook in France, and then he punched his brother in the throat. <laughs> I'm exaggerating a bit, maybe, but you get the idea. Maybe. <laughs> anyway, what I'm getting at is, what if they found out one of the crew had augment DNA in their blood? And yeah. he continues on this a bit, but um, watch Deep Space Nine, Steve. Steve, watch Deep Space Nine. Also, uh, the drumhead, right? No, the, the drumhead is about having a the, drop of uh, Romulan. Romulan, blood. well, similar, right? That's yeah, but yeah. like, not everyone's history is like. It's like uh, Picard has a lot of famous explorers in his. Like he's got the Picard, the the diver, right? He's related yeah. to him. Uh, I think Eddington carries around a loony. He carries around like a Canadian coin. There's. Uh, a- it's it serves two purposes really like it creates like a legacy for these characters but it also creates a direct bridge to, to the us. present yes yes like eddington carrying around his loony is like well, I, i've got a loony i'm in canada right. plus 
you have to remember World War Three happened, so a lot of family history probably was erased. Like, oh, no, yeah. nobody knows, like, the definitive, like where people went after the war, right? How did we survive, right? There's something very just in like interesting. Like history itself is exceptionally interesting. Yeah. To I people love in I the love present. History. I yeah. love history as well. But there's something like even more like drawing you in it like just like enchants you about your own history yeah like when i found out that one of my ancestors was a colonel in the civil war and he fought for the union i was like fucking astoundingly happy my one of my uncles died at antietam that's awesome yeah not for him i mean he died (laughs) yeah he's buried uh he's weirdly enough he's buried like right by where zane's parents live like that's so weird yeah well my family is like from like wherever they are or whatever so yeah like and my i learned that my one of my uh henderson relatives emigrated to philly in like 1809 oh yeah which is like pretty fucking early that's like pretty early on my mom's side of the family was McAllister, and they came from Ireland in uh, eighteen seventy five. Yeah, eighteen seventy six. Yeah, yeah usually Irish people were like late, like that time. Mine yeah, were. Mine were. They like... made them change their names to Slate because <laughs> apparently he was like a stone worker. Oh like, right. Yeah. Patrick McAllister was a stone worker. So his name and was Slate. They were like, all right, your name's Slate. Welcome aboard. Cool. <laughs> And he was like, "Whatever, you got potatoes here." Yeah, Dope. my 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 ancestor was a woman, and she may or may not have been a prostitute. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that. I don't know because I can't figure out who the father of like her son is. So I I have a feeling that it's uh, not known. Let's nah. say, you know what I mean. Yeah, my dude, my uh, <laughs> colonel ancestor was John J. Pennington of the Union Army. John J. Pennington. I wonder if he knew mine. Uh, Boozer was his last name. Bo- that's fucking awesome. John Boozer. John and John. Yeah, everyone's name was John back then. <laughs> we should do like a historical reenactment and call it John and John. And it's just me, a private or whatever the fuck he was, and you're like a fucking colonel. And I'm like, I don't think we should go to Antietam, sir. It sounds like a bad... Ah, soldier! You're gonna you go? Better get, you better get your ass to Antietam, boy. Get your ass to Antietam. We're gonna win. <laughs> fucking like... My my favorite thing though is like my brother and like most of my family are just like huge fucking shithole racists. Yeah. So like I was so happy to tell them that, that like, you're in the union. Our well, ancestor yeah. was in the union. They wouldn't. I didn't even. I didn't so even think disgusted. about it. I didn't even think about it like that because like I'm from Pennsylvania and like of course we were in the union. Well, I mean, the thing is, of course West Virginians right, were in the union. Of course they were. We that's fucking what, made the state. For that's it. why you're the state. It's because of that. At war, yeah. Uh, people don't, dude. There's, There's people around here who fucking fly fucking Confederate flags, and it's like, I motherfucker. Have, I haven't seen it in Pennsylvania yet. I'm real excited about that. You're you're gonna see it, and you're gonna be like, all right, <laughs> okay. Like I, around Pittsburgh, I haven't seen anything even remotely. Yeah, like, you might not see it in Pittsburgh, but if you go the other way, you're gonna see it. Yeah, I'm not for sure. I'm not gonna go the other way. If you ever come to me, you're gonna have to traverse a hellscape of racism. 
Look, uh, Steve, watch Deep Space Nine, and it'll answer your question. Yeah, Steve. Thanks for the email, though, buddy. Yeah. Also, uh, I do think he got throat punched. I saw that part. That did happen. He, like, neos him where he uses his fingers and... Like, remember that part in The Matrix when he does that to Agent Yeah. Smith? I watched that. I watched The Matrix not long ago. It's a great movie. It is a good movie. It's a shame about them sequels. I love the sequels. Uh, I'll defend the shit out of the sequels. I don't care what anybody says. I don't think they're <laughs> terrible or anything. It's just, like, the first one's so damn good. Yeah, it's tough to, like, top how good the first one is. Um... Our next email is from, what does he sign it as? Desrath. Desrath. It's, it's, it's Ben Beeler, everybody. Yeah, everybody knows Des, his fucking name. He sponsored the Pride Pledge Drive. He's yeah. a great guy. Yeah. Uh, it is entitled, Receiving Transmission from Ancient Earth. Earth what? Year 2017. Oh my god, that's so long ago. <laughs> it, it begins. Okay. I'll be honest. I tried to write an email as if it was from myself from 2017 to underline how much the show has changed since then uh-huh. and how much the audience support has remained more or less stable while also doing a bunch of people from the past sure were dumb because they don't know what the future how it is jokes. <laughs> but I got sick of that bit real fast. So yeah. I'll do what I do when I get sick of my bits. List the highlights that made me think it would work. <laughs> That's a great idea. Without any further ado, let's take a brisk stroll down memory lane. <laughs> the Discord didn't exist yet. What a wacky mixed up world that was. Oh man, the Discord didn't exist yet. <laughs> the only interactions we really had with Jeff and uh, Jeff and Josh was through Josh's streams, which I referenced really awkwardly in an email that was the first one read on an emails episode. Wow, that's a lot of history that I... Don't remember at all. <laughs> Speaking of emails, the inaugural the inaugural email episode is two years old as of June. What? And frequent contributors Boston Sean, Rich Masters, Yakub, and I all wrote into it. That's amazing. God, it does not it's been feel going so long. I don't want to hear how long it is. I don't want to know. It's uh, three years in September. We've no, been shut, doing I just class. said. I just fucking said. I don't want. I thought you said I do want. I said I don't want. I don't want. Please tell me I do want to know. Please, Jeff, tell me the exact date. September something. <laughs> no, Jeff, three years. Stop. We've been friends for over three years, Josh. That feels like yesterday, Jeff. It does. I would marry you all over again. <laughs> Around this time two years ago, you guys only had one movie left to do, and we were still trying to figure out what the format of the show going forward would be. It's In a couple of episodes around this time, the idea of watching all of the series in airing order was kicked around. That'd be horrible. Yeah. Uh, other podcasts did that. We would have been better at it. But mm-hmm. uh, The John Larroquette fun fact of this email is... Had you decided on that format, assuming you put out the same number of episodes, you'd only be halfway through season two of TOS by now. That's un- <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> That's ridiculous. That's insane. We wouldn't be so sick of, of, of Star Trek. We'd be like, I yeah. don't care. I don't care about this. <laughs> Trek Boys was really just starting to get off the ground and you were both rather tickled when it got used more than once in the first emails episode. <laughs> the first peyote was still months away. Oh my god. Emails episode 4, September 2017. Jesus Christ. 
have I mentioned that there was no Discord? As That's the, the craziest <laughs> part, that there wasn't a Discord. As the recent Discord shortage taught us, we can no longer live without it. <laughs> By the way, all the Discordites are dead now forever. Okay, bye. <laughs> Signed, Captain Deadswrath of the holodecks aboard the USS Lollipop F. My turn to be Captain of Captains is coming up here soon. Oh, uh, Captain of Captains, yeah. Yeah, yeah. P.S. It's okay. We're all undead bony boys now since the Discord works again. <laughs> Welcome I'm back. Gonna, I'm going to pretend I know what he's talking about about the Discord since I definitely go on it all the time. Discord went down for like five or six hours. Oh, like, hours? <laughs> yeah. It wasn't days. I thought it, it was, was like hours. a day or two. Oh, it's five no. or six hours, huh? Okay. Um, yeah. I thought the captain of captains was Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. <laughs> oh my God, I'm big into Jesus now. Uh, captain's an awesome captain. He reigns <laughs> from the lollipop f. Our next email is from Boston Sean. Oh, uh, to pitch it or snitch it, bitch it. It's uh, an open-ended question. Oh boy, my favorite. Jeff, Josh, Trek boys. Hi. This is a very familiar opening to this email, Sean. It sounds, I think maybe you're giving some information away. Sounds like somebody else we know. <laughs> Just a quick question here. Now that Paramount and CBS are focusing so hard on Star Trek, do you think they'll dip more heavily into video games? What is your dream Star Trek video game? I think a Civilization-like game set in that universe would be right Holy up Holy fuck, that would rule. That would be so amazing. Yeah, that would be great. I would Fuck. probably play the hell out of. I think that exists. I think that my what we have it? that or we what? had it. It was what? like a Wii game. What? Oh, uh, Spore. Uh, Spore it wasn't was like Spore. that. <laughs> it wasn't Spore. It wasn't. No. It wasn't Star Trek at all. But it was. It, it was Star Trek. The game I'm talking. Uh, about. I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember the name of it. I'm sorry, everybody. It was called Picard's Goofy Day Out. <laughs> oh my god, I would play the shit out of that. Star Trek Wii game. I don't, I don't know this game. It'll tell me. Star Trek Conquest. What? Turn-based strategy and real-time strategy gameplay. Yeah, it's kind of like Armada was that way, but it was like shipyards and shit. Yeah. I think I've talked about my dream Star Trek game on here. What was it? It's like a combination of like L.A. Noir and Dead Space, and yeah. you play a Starfleet security specialist. Nice. And like you basically have to solve like a string of disappearances across like a, a starship, a star base, and finally like a famous Star Trek planet. That's awesome. And you have to like find clues and follow leads and stuff, but like you're being like you're tr like there's somebody trying to stop you. That's awesome. And you can't really figure out who. You don't know what enemy of Starfleet it is yet. These are great ideas, and I feel like anything I say is not going to be good enough. <laughs> Josh, everything you say is good enough. That's very not true. Uh, God, damn, that's a great idea for a game. Both of those are great. I don't know, man. I don't know because you can't. It can't be on a ship, right? It, it's got to be something like in universe. Oh, uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, like a, a roller coaster tycoon, but Riza. <laughs> <laughs> How many sex huts can I build? 
Time to build the giant Horgon and go fuck each other on the beach. Dude. And also, it's like a leisure suit Larry game. <laughs> Except it's super easy. You just have to buy a Horgon. <laughs> you just buy a Horgon for like 50 cents. That's like the fucking secret code you put in. They just automatically win every problem. You just type in Horgon and it works. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, that's the one I'm going with. That one. <laughs> Get on it, Paramount Activision. So that's three amazing Star Trek games coming out <laughs> two, 2020. Two amazing Star Trek games and one super amazing Star Trek. <laughs> Dude, I'll make it even better for you. Yeah. Like famous Star Trek characters are in one. Oh Rise my god, they're on the vacation, time. and you, so can, you could fuck all. Of oh them. man, I wonder who would agree to that. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. Nobody would. Oh, hey. Man. Fun, like, John Larroquette fun fact of the week that I found out. Did you ever watch Boy Meets World? Yeah, I love Boy Meets World. Do you remember the red-headed girl in the college years? Yeah, her, that, like, her name's Maitland Ward. She's a porn star. Yeah, that was the fun fact. I already knew that, because I think I told you that. <laughs> I knew that already. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I've seen, I've seen her. <laughs> yeah, she's she's like became a porn star. Yeah. Also, like a cosplayer. She's apparently a really yeah. Good she's cosplayer a cosplayer too. Well, it started out like how sometimes it does. Like I think it started out cosplay, and then it turned into naked like like Suicide Girl esque shoots. Right where it's like pinup photography, and then the porn. Yeah. Then the porn happened. It's a slippery slope. It is. You know what I'm saying? It's easy to slip into. If you that see role. what I'm saying. If, if you follow what Maybe I'm... she'll be in my game. Maybe. Uh-huh. Our next email. Thanks for that email, Sean. <laughs> Our next email is from Lieutenant Commander Ike. Ike! Ike it entitles the email, Punk Ain't Dead. Nice. He says, Dear Jeff and Josh, In the episode of Jeff and Josh Shoot the Shit, Aging, you stated that Punk was dead. Hmm. Well, I have got good news for you if you like punk. Okay, I'm ready. An Australian band called The Chats are going to resurrect punk. The Chats? Are they the Sex Pistols? No. Okay, that's but probably But does that good. mean they can't write nonsense lyrics about telling people to fuck off while also playing simple but effective music? Hell no. <laughs> I guess I could put in here the other... What other music should I listen to? Jeff mentioned The Midnight, and I've been digging them a lot. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I got. Uh, I've been listening to a band. It's like prog rock called Dance Gavin Dance a lot. That's a great name. It's a great name, and uh, I'm like addicted to it. Like The latest four albums are great. <laughs> they've been around for like Damn. ever, apparently. They've, they've, they've been around for, like I don't know, like, probably seven years or something so i don't know i love it it's like very uh i don't, I don't really know how to it's kind of like coheed but like more technical it's just very math it's like math rock it's very technical mm, math rock it sounds good yeah you should listen dude i'm telling you it's good it's really um, good lately i've been like really i go through like phases where i get really heavy into one music act and yeah. i start listening to everything yeah and lately, I've been really heavy into the um, R&B and soul singer Mayor Hawthorne. Okay. Um, his music is very, like, funk and, like, Motown. Yeah. 
and uh, he looks like a dude that you would shove in a locker, but he's like super cool and like a great singer. <laughs> and uh, he's part of a, a duo with uh, a dude named Jake One, and it's uh-huh. called uh, Tuxedo. And Jake One has made every fucking beat to every famous song for the past like 10 years. So he's rich. Uh, rich enough to do an act called Tuxedo and get to go on tour, I guess. <laughs> Tuxedo is a great name. But Tuxedo, like, has gotten the blessing from, like, every big famous act, and it's weird that they haven't got big and famous because their music is fucking dope. Well, I'm going to put that in my Spotify right now. Yeah, Mayor Hawthorne and Tuxedo. And, that like, is. I've just been, like, deep into that for a while. Like, if you really love The Midnight, go to a YouTube channel called New Retro Wave. Yes! That's Jeff and, and I. I think we found that separately, and then we were, like, talking about it one day, and I was like, dude, you know yeah. about this? <laughs> this was back in, like... I think it was, like, Tony on Twitter. Yeah. Like, I think it's... I forget his Twitter handle now because he yeah, changed Tony. it. Yeah, Tony, yeah. But, like, I think he's the one who told both of us about it. Yeah, it it might be. That might be it. And, like, so many fucking good acts. Miami Nights, 1984, uh, fucking... uh, Gunship. Gunship, Mega Drive. uh, Laser uh, Hawk. Laser Hawk is my shit. Laser Hawk is, like, when you want to feel like you're, like, in the Terminator. You just put on some Laser Hawk. Drive around at night, feel like a Terminator chasing you, dude. Fuck yeah, dude. There's literally nothing cooler than driving at night dude, with some synth wave. I've playing. been going to Wawa at like one in the morning because my sleep schedule is completely fucked, like unbelievably fucked, right? So like, I've been driving to Wawa and just like, it's hot, it's summer, my windows are down, I'm listening to the fucking midnight, driving to Wawa to get a hoagie. God, so fucking perfect. I feel so awesome. I'm doing the stupidest fucking thing ever, getting a hoagie at Wawa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, like, Laserhawks so far away started playing when yeah. I was driving home one night, and I was like, I'm never driving at night without this playing. You need, it's like a, it's like a fucking, it's like you need it. Soundtrack to your fucking driving life, dude. So perfect. Yeah, so check that out. Check out Run Gavin Run. Dance Mayor Gavin Hawthorne. Dance. Run Spot Run. <laughs> check out Dance Gavin Dance. Check out Mayor Hawthorne. Tuxedo. Mm-hmm. And new retro wave on YouTube. Yeah, and you'll find some dope tunes. They put up like new shit like all the time on that oh, YouTube yeah. channel. It's like great. I can't even keep up with. it. I know it's it like co- every day. It's crazy. It's like every day or every other day they come up with yeah. good shit. But yeah, they have like a playlist of the best yeah. on there as well, which is always great. So yeah, fucking check that shit out, dude. Thanks for sending send an email in. Ike. Punk's not dead because the chats are gonna save it. I look forward yeah, the, to it. The chats are gonna save it. <laughs> My cat's like, hey, uh, where's our treats? That's what he's saying to me right now. Where's my fucking greenie? Greenie? Yeah, it's like these green things that they eat. It's good for their teeth. Oh. It's like toothpaste for cats, I guess. I don't really know. Our next email (laughs) is from Jack Carpenter. Oh, this fucking jock. (laughs) Jock, Jack Carpenter. Jock Carpenter. Uh... It's entitled Trekmeisters. Hello. Well, hey there, Trek bros. Here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. Who is in your top three actors that you'd like to see in Star Trek and their roles that Ooh. they aren't already in it? It could be as simple as name your favorite actors, but I tend to think that some actors might not be the best for Star Maitland Trek. Maitland Ward. <laughs> <laughs> uh... 
some actors might not be the best for Star Trek, regardless of how good of an actor they are. For example, I think Denzel can act in anything, but I don't know if I can personally picture him in my top three for Star Trek. Yeah, that's yeah. I know what you're saying. Yeah, my top three are Anthony Hopkins as a grizzled Klingon. Wow, that's great. Tilda Swinton as a Vulcan. Also great. Damn. And I would like to see. Oh my God, I can't pronounce his name. Chewet. Yeah, the guy from uh, Serenity and Chewetel Adubububa. I think I said it right. Chewetel Edgia for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in. He's in everything. He's in goddamn everything. Children of Man. He's in. He's in. It might be a silly question, but I had fun brainstorming my top three. Yeah, I would. What's have, your top three, buddy? I'd have. I. This is a lot of pressure. I'd have to think. Mario. Mario. Sonic. <laughs> well, the doom. The doom guy. When Mario, I mean, when Sonic <laughs> hits it big with his new hit film, he can get any role he wants. Uh, Frieza. Oh wait, no, nah, I guess that already. Happened. Frieza got cut in half like six times. <laughs> Frieza, Frieza's already in Star Trek, I guess. Oh yeah, he, she's in. He's he's in. She's in. Whatever. He's in uh, the new one. Discovery. Fucking, it's it's tough because like like you said, some actors aren't really Star Trek actors. Yeah, for sure. Like I was about to say, The Rock wouldn't be in Star Trek, but he was. He was. I think uh, I think he would actually be great. He he would be really great as anything. I don't care. Dude, what. I would love him as like a really. Like soft-hearted, like sweet, st- like security chief. Yeah. He's just a huge yeah. buff guy, but he's like the sweetest, nicest he's dude. Nice. He's like calm and shit. Yeah, that'd be yeah. great. Um, you're really swinging me to this. Damn. The Rock being on the show. I'm telling you, he he is great at everything. He can do no wrong. The Rock. Uh, Benedict Cucumbers he's could ar- be in it. He's already in it. Oh yeah, he was. He's the Wrath of Khan. Not Khan. He's Khan, not Khan. He was the Wrath of Jeff Bridges. Should be in it. Jeff <laughs> Bridges would be. Uh, what if he's like an ancestor to uh, what's his name, Harry Mud? Harry Mud. <laughs> but he's just he's just the dude now. He's just that like, guy. I would love like Jeff Bridges plays like a cranky old asshole like super well. So I'd love him to be like a cranky old asshole Klingon. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. Or even an admiral that's just a big old asshole. Well, he's just Earth guy who's just mad about the way things are now, and he's like, <laughs> ah, fuck. He's super old. It's tough. It's really tough. Tilda Swinton as a Vulcan is amazing. That's that a, is a really that's great call. Amazing. Damn, dude. Um, God, I'm trying to think of like hot, like who's like a really hot actor right now. Well, let's let's just do a, a Google search with our computer machine. Oh yeah, we have that. <laughs> Famous actors. <laughs> hmm. Famous this Brad Pitt fellow seems like a good he fit. Seems like a good fit. <laughs> <laughs> These are all like super famous. Uh, uh, I think I think Samuel L. Jackson could be something. He could be somebody. He could do That's anything. That's true. He'd be a good captain, I think. He would be a great captain. Or an admiral, but like not an evil one. Yeah. Um Clint Eastwood could be like a crazed <laughs> alien monster. Keanu Reeves, he's real hot right now. 
Yeah, he is real hot right now. Oh, look, William Shakespeare comes up. I wonder what he could be in. He could be he could be in the holiday. I like how William Shakespeare is in a list of modern day famous actors on He's the great. internet. He's really good, dude. He's really good. I heard his stuff was okay. I don't know. Oh man, I don't uh, know. Scarlett Johansson could play all the minority characters. <laughs> dude, Charlie Sheen is at the end of the Yeah, why the fuck is he on this list? Charlie Sheen's still super famous apparently. I even though he's been in nothing for twenty years. You know, weirdly enough, I feel like Woody Harrelson can play anything yes. in anything. No, Woody Harrelson is amazing. He can be anything, for real. He could do anything. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, I would love, like, I watched this thing the other day that was a live studio, like, in, live oh, in front of a studio all audience. All in the family. Yeah, all yeah. in the family thing. He played Archie Bunker, yeah. and he played him perfectly. It's great. It's great. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, my mom was telling me about that. I, I don't have, like, television, but she... It was on Hulu. Hulu? This episode Hulu. is sponsored by Hulu. Get all of your shows at one place for Hulu, only like $7 a month. Hula girls. Hula girls. <laughs> uh, Cary Grant. I don't know. Like, fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Marilyn Monroe uh, as yeah. a hologram of herself. <laughs> Catherine Hepburn could be in it. I told you, Dude, that would be really fucking good. Captain Meryl Streep. Yeah, she'd be good at it. That would be fucking gravitas out your ass. Yeah, she'd, it would be like she'd carry that weight, man. Fucking 21 Academy Award <laughs> captain on the Enterprise. 21 award winning captain. She like Kate Blanchett could be like a really great she could Vulcan. Be she could be a captain or a Vulcan or something. Yeah. She could play a great alien. Kate Blanchett could play anything. Did you watch the new season of Documentary Now? I did not. She's in it as like a. Do you know who? Uh, you know who Maria Maria Abramoff is? That am I saying her name right? Do you know who that is? Mm, I don't know. That. She's like a performance artist, and she like does like these like crazy. Like one time, she had like a, a guy hold an arrow, like a real arrow, like queued up or whatever, like cocked, whatever they call it, like at her uh, chest, drawn, drawn, cocked. <laughs> like it's like a gun. cocked, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and like she did that for like a couple hours or whatever the fuck. She, Jesus, she's like, yeah, she's like a performance artist. She she played her in the show, like a, a character of her, right? Have you have you seen any movies with Viola Davis in them? Uh, yeah, like she was in The Help. If you saw that, yeah, like she's a fucking amazing actress. No, I'd she's love incredible. To see her on Star Trek. Yeah, she's incredible. So those are my three eight choices. I don't know. We didn't really like, like hammer them down, but. You know, um, whatever. Will Smith? I don't know. No, I don't know. <laughs> He's a Scientologist. This freaks me out a little bit. Yeah. Um, West Forrest Philadelphia, Whitaker. born and raised. Is he alive still? For- Forrest Whitaker is in everything else. He may as well be in Star Trek. He's Saul Guerrero from fucking Star yeah. Wars. Um, I think Samuel L. Jackson was a good choice. Yeah, he could do anything, right? Don, he- Don Cheadle? I don't know. Don Cheadle's um, good. I like Don Cheadle. I like Don Cheadle as a person and an actor. He's a good dude. I like him in... Uh, you know who they should put in it? Who? Whoopi Goldberg. Good. <laughs> oh, she'd be great. She could play, like, she could play like a bartender <laughs> who knows things. That'd be pretty good. Like a wizard. <laughs> uh, I think that answers your question, sort of. I definitely think we answered your question 100% fully. 
He says, thanks as always, bros. Y'all are legitimately the dick, and I've thoroughly enjoyed listening to you for the past few years or however long you've been doing this. Thank you for not specifying, Jack. Three. All the best from your guy down south, Commander Jack Carpenter, USS Virginia. Bye. (laughs) Um, Our last email of the night. Uh Uh-oh. Is from Rich Masters. Oh my god. And uh, if you're not strapped in for a long one, you better fucking turn this shit off right now, I guess. (laughs) All Uh, right. Bye. (laughs) Bye, Josh. I'll just read it. Um, (laughs) It's entitled Episode 20. 20! Fucking Kurtzman, are you listening? Are you listening, Kurtzman, you fuck? And he begins at Dearest Trek Boys. No intro from me this time. Just gonna get right down to Let's it. Let's do and it. Surprise, it's a long one. Let's do it. Standing tall on the wings of our dreams. Fucking rise and fall. And I'm gonna uh, cream my creams. Gonna cream my jeans. <laughs> there it is. Through the jizz and thunder. Anyway, uh, here's the season eight episode twenty of Star Trek TNG, a Hawk episode. Mm. Nah, what's the point getting to know him at this point? Let him float off as an enigma. Bye, Hawk. Have fun in space or in Antarctica whenever they find you. I don't know. Uh, it's entitled. Oh no. Okay, I'll start it. Here's the beginning. Illuminate. A voice declares. What? A shaft of light falls into a steel chair, and the slumped woman in it blinks awake. As she lifts her head slightly, she asks where she is in a drowsy mutter. We'll ask the questions, says the voice. Tell us what happened in the mines. What the fuck? Blood-matted hair covering her face, the woman shakes her head and refuses. With one last ominous booming threat, the voice tells her, You have no choice! Rolarin. What? Ro lifts her face to the light. She's covered in cuts and bruises. Title: Penumbra. My beautiful Ro. <laughs> no, not you, Ro. <sighs> On the hollow cloaked mining facility of Kesset Two. What? <laughs> inside the Cardassian front, three Starfleet officers dig for uridium, one of the key ingredients of Ketracel White. Damn. As one of the exhausted officers falls down, a pair of Cardassian soldiers threatens to kill him. They order the other two to move away, but when the Starfleet officers refuse and attempt to get their comrade to his feet, the Cardassians draw their rifles and aim to fire. Shit. A body flies into one of the guards, locking his beam into the ceiling. It's Rolaren! Damn. The other Cardassian shoots the tired Starfleet officer before the shaft. Haha, <laughs> shaft. Nice. Starts to cave in. Roe is able to get the other two officers out. A Bolian and a young Bajoran by the name of Sito Jaxa. Sito? Yes. The same Sito Jaxa from Star Trek TNG Lower Decks. Oh! Roe chastises her young friend for getting caught up in this, but Sito? Sito? Sito. Sito. Sito? Sito? But Saito asks Ro if she would have left a man to die. Ro doesn't answer, but the look she gives Saito suggests that she would have done just that. Damn. 
This is crazy. As a Cardassian slash Jem'Hadar patrol team investigates the cave-in, Roe and the other two POWs are brought to their knees in front of the mind overseer, Gul Durem. Damn you. Gul Damn you, Durem. <laughs> Curse you, Durem. Roe explains that the Cardassian guard carelessly shot a man, killing him and causing the collapse. Durem doesn't believe her and wants all three of them executed. But when the Jem'Hadar first scans the corridor, he detects a prisoner killed by Cardassian phaser fire. The first suggests that they let the prisoners go, but before an argument between the two leaders can break out, an alarm sounds. Fuck. A prisoner is being transferred to the facility. Oh god, it's gonna be Hawk. Crowds gather to the airlock to witness a new prisoner arrive. It's Commander William Riker! What?! Oh no, what's my best bud Will doing there? We fucked one time and then we forgot that we knew each other, but we did fuck. It, it did happen, for real. <laughs> Will Riker goes through the standard Cardassian prisoner logging, stripping and torture. Yeah. <laughs> but when it comes to the tooth extraction, Riker refused, says, saying that he's already given everything he's willing to. What a goddamn badass. <laughs> what a goddamn hero. <laughs> Durem is about to force the issue, but the first overrides him, causing more friction. Damn, this first is a dickweed. The first is quick to point out that just because he doesn't have, he doesn't believe in unnecessary cruelty, if Riker keeps making trouble, he'll kill him. Fuck yeah. Riker is, yeah, fuck yeah, kill Riker, fuck right? Yeah, kill him. <laughs> Fucking fuck him up. Riker is dumped in the mess hall, and after collecting his gruel and water, is treated with reverence by the rest of the prisoners, one of which gives up his seat for the command. What? Damn. Will seems reluctant to take it, but sits as the junior officer insists. Saito wants to go greet her former commander, but Roe tells her not to be so quick to march behind anyone's flag until they're sure Riker isn't going to cause any trouble. Yeah. Jaxa and Roe take a table across the room and listen as the officers ask Riker about his past mission and how the war is going. The commander obviously can't answer. They don't know who's listening, but he asks the ships the but he asks what ships the assembled prisoners are from. The mining teams are mainly made up of crews from the USS Maelstrom, the USS Perry, and the Vulcan science vessel Potem. Ships mm. presumed lost in action behind the Cardassian lines. Fuck. Over 500 men and women from those three ships are in this facility alone. That's a lot. Yeah. That's like a high Ry school. <laughs> Riker tells the assembled prisoners that while he can't confirm confidential details of the war, they have to keep resisting and fighting. Jaxa says that he's just the same as she remembers from the Enterprise. Hot and, and inspiring. full of boner juice. Oh. It's fucking young, dumb, and full of cum. <laughs> uh, Roe tells her to grow up. That just makes him dangerous here. Damn. Fucking grow up, Jaxa. She's full-blown like, res like resistance occupation mode right now. Oh, yeah. Damn, Roe Laren. You, you wienered that guy. <laughs> You mangled his dangle. Or vice versa? <laughs> Whatever. I don't know. Roe attempts to see her former commander, but no sooner than Riker is put to work, he's starting causing trouble. Hmm. The commander witnesses a Vulcan being helped to his feet by a Cardassian guard after falling, but when the guard is mocked for being weak by two Jem'Hadar soldiers, an altercation occurs. Damn, dude. The Jem'Hadar press the issue and threaten to kill the Cardassian, but Will intervenes and pushes the pair of Jem'Hadar down a mine shaft. What? Killing them. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. God damn, Riker. Ah! 
I just picture the fuck that was my You're still a pussy bitch. Fuck you. Jesus Christ. <laughs> he makes sure he makes sure he is there when Durham arrives to ask what happened and tells the gull that the soldiers must have tripped and fallen. <laughs> With a nod, the Cardassian soldier Riker saved confirms his story, Damn. and Durham asks for Riker to be taken to the administration's office from the shadows. Damn. Or from the shadows, Roe lurks, watching everything. Dude. In private, Durham confides to Riker that he can see the Dominion's plan is to use the Cardassians as cannon fodder in their war and leave them for dead. Yeah. He's been a patriot, like Riker, for 25 years. Now his people are selling themselves out. He wants Riker's help. Get the Starfleet troops to target just Jem'Hadar soldiers. The Cardassian can give the Federation POWs better treatment and maybe even eventually their freedom. Hmm. Durem is clearly lying, but yeah. Riker agrees. Durem gives him his personal seal and lets him know he can show it to any Cardassian soldier to get word to him. Damn, what else does that get you? Like free Cokes and shit? Oh shit, dude! I want one. <laughs> we only Especially have in a prison coke. camp. No, this is hell. <laughs> <laughs> Riker calls some of the representatives from each mining shaft to a meeting. And it's a large group with Saito and Roe among them. Riker tells them all about Durem's offer and why he doesn't, for a second, believe the Cardassian will be any more lenient. Yeah, they will be easier to overcome than the combined forces of the Cardassians and the Jem'Hadar. True. Roe gives one of her allies a nod, and he asks a question on her behalf. Why get involved at all? Why make things harder for ourselves? Riker seems surprised. Because we're Starfleet. Also... However bad we think... Yeah. Uh, we're in a war with these people? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, Fucking one plus one equals two, dude. We gotta do that now? <laughs> <laughs> because we're Starfleet, and however bad we think it is in here, it's ten times worse out there. I'd rather die helping the people I love than hide here and live. Damn right. That's enough for Roe to shake out of her funk, and she seems determined to help him. At the announcement to start working again, Riker gets up to leave, but Roe intercepts him. But Riker appears not to recognize her. What the fuck? I was wondering what was going on with this. Roe Ro introduces herself as Lieutenant Commander Simmons. Riker shakes her hand before leaving. What the When the working day is done, girls just want to have tense confrontations, so Rowan pushes Riker <laughs> in his room, putting a shiv to his neck. <laughs> she cuts him, thinking he's a changeling, but when blood drips from the cut, she demands to know if he's a Cardassian spy. The he admits fuck? what Josh has probably already tried to guess. <laughs> if not, I'll pause and let him do so now. Uh, Either he's pretending not to know who she is or it's Thomas Riker it is Tom Riker yes Josh on the fucking ball tonight that's right knows what he's doing that's right <laughs> he explains exactly who he is and says Rose should trust him that he has a plan for all of this he's been engineering his transfer here to finally do something good Damn, dude. Throughout the next day, a suspicious Roe brings Saito with her as she keeps an eye on Riker as he goes about, getting people riled up for rebellion. He visits the prisoners helping to run the plant that powers the hollow cloaking technology, the miners, and the medical staff. Saito points out that maybe the reason Roe is so suspicious is that someone has come along with a plan that isn't just keeping their heads down and surviving. <laughs> 
Roe is hurt and reveals to Saito that the main the man they're watching isn't even Riker, but a transporter clone. <laughs> you know, that happens. <laughs> At Roe's disappointment, Saito knows it's true, but says it doesn't matter so long as the others believe that they finally have someone around. He's like Che Guevara, man. <laughs> He's like fucking... Damn, dude. Che Guevara. Che Guevara. Roe and Riker have another chat where Riker says he's just coming to talk to her. Roe is unconvinced and asks him just what his plan is. Riker turns to disable the hollow cloak to, in order to appear on the sensors to Starfleet. Yeah. The prisoners would have to hold off the Jim Hadar and Cardassians, but if they could reduce their numbers, then Ro is furious. For seeing the deaths of so many of her own people. Riker says they can iron out the plan now together before meeting the others, and she sits. When the meeting with the other prison when when they meet with the other prisoner leaders, mm-hmm. Ro decides to take matters into her own hands and announces in the mess hall that Riker isn't the real will, splitting the group in two. Great. Now now we're the ones gonna get thinned out. Y'all fucking dumb. You dummies. Half follow Riker and half follow Roe. After the altercation, Durem calls Riker to his office and is furious. He says his confidence in Riker to get the job done is shaken, and he needs to prove himself quickly or he'll be responsible for a number of executions. Oh, great. Tom Riker asks Durem if he'd like to get rid of the Jim Hadar and the rebellious Starfleet officers. What? Fucking evil ass Tom Riker. It's Tom Riker with a two mustaches. <laughs> Damn. The splitting of the group seems to have lit a fire under Roe, who starts to pull more people under her own resistance, getting them prepared to fight if something happens. She cares for these people and doesn't want to see them lost for nothing. She tells Saito to prepare the people at the Hollow Cloak plant for action. Whoa. Later. The Jem'Hadar first and his most trusted men are on prisoner duty when a fire breaks out in one of the ore processors. The Riker tells them that the processor is about to blow and that there are Jem'Hadar soldiers in there. The first leads his men into the processor, but it's a trap, and Tom Riker orders the bulkhead closed, presumably so they can suffocate. Yeah, kill them like the pig dogs they are. Jesus They only Christ. live for like four years anyway, just fucking murder them to death. I uh, apologize for the pure, uncut spacism uh, in this episode. They are machines made to kill us, Jeff. I don't care. <laughs> uh, Roe meets with her fellow rebel leaders, but Riker soon arrives with the recently acquired Jem'Hadar weapons and takes the lot of them into custody. Damn. He tells one of his people to call Gul'Darem. Riker and his pe- Riker and his team wait in a cavern for Sneaky Snakehead Durem, <laughs> with Saito, Roe, and her resistance members all tied now, up. Damn, Sneaky Snakehead! <laughs> I'm a snakehead. Durem congratulates Riker and says he never thought he'd actually be able to kill the Jem'Hadar leaders and capture the rebellious POWs. With a smile, Riker confirms he didn't. He's not that good. The Jem'Hadar revealed themselves on a high ridge in the cavern and opened fire on the Cardassians, killing Durem's forces. What the fuck? <laughs> Jesus. When the first joins Riker, he thanks him for his help, but tells him it means nothing. The prisoners will be sent back to work, and they will never be freed. Hmm. With a smile, Riker pulls one of the stolen hollow emitters from the hollow cloak plant out of his pocket and turns it off. They're not there. 
the other prisoners vanishing in an instant. Only Tom Riker and the Jem'Hadar soldiers stand in the large cavern, and Riker asks with a shit-eating grin just how many men the first committed to this ambush. <laughs> in a series of cuts, we see large contingents of Jem'Hadar and Starfleet prisoners dead on the ground, their bodies leading to an airlock. Tom gets a message on a communicator, and the first allows him to answer it. You sure about this, Tom? Rose says. I've never been sure about anything more in my life, he says. Good luck. On the bridge of a stolen Jim Hadar ship, Roe Laren takes command and reluctantly orders one of her fellow escapees to fire the torpedoes at the mine, Uh-oh. crippling the Ketracel White production and killing Thomas Riker and the rest of the Jim Hadar. Finally, he's dead. We could get on with our lives. <laughs> <laughs> he died a hero, at least. That's Saito tells Roe she detected a number of unrecognizable warships on an intercept course and that this vessel doesn't have the firepower to take them all on. After one last look around at her crew, Roe orders shields to be raised and weapons charged. We fight, she says, Damn, and dude. we fade to black. Damn, dude! Computer, end program. What? <laughs> <laughs> Back in the present, the interrogation room vanishes and Roe is revealed before a Starfleet inquiry panel made up of some of the Sector Admirals as well as Picard and William Riker. Roe is visibly distressed by the telling of her tale. Days later, Riker and Picard are talking with Roe in the Enterprise's transporter room. She's in uniform with the rank of Lieutenant Commander and an assignment aboard the USS Kirohashi. Hmm. The Battlefield commission she earned by saving 300 POWs is just that. Damn. Starfleet needs experienced officers. But Picard says if she works at it, she might just be able to keep that rank. Roe kisses Picard on the cheek and gets on the transporter pad, but at the last minute asks him to hold on and she throws her arms around Will Riker. She whispers a thank you into his chest, wipes away a tear, and beams over to her new ship. Oh, Roe, no! The end. That's amazing! Fucking incredible episode. That's great. Oh my god. How, uh, he's, I'm gonna pitch that, he, of course. He's done it always. again! <laughs> he keeps on doing it! He did it. it again! I don't believe it! I do believe it. No, that was great. Uh, Ro, I love Ro Laren. Well, I, I don't want her to go, though. God damn it. She, Can I ditch it because she doesn't want to stay on? Can I ditch it because she's leaving? I pitch it because I love it, but I don't want her to go. Maybe we'll get another episode with her before the season. I old. doubt it. We can't just we, we can't just like make like appeals for her to come back, right? Yeah, we're we have we're a, not producing. Yeah, this shit. we have a position of power. I don't want to ruin the flow. Yeah, do whatever you want. Yeah. Dude. He finishes out the email by saying, Okay, my boys, only five more to go now. Dare I go for a Wesley episode? Oh my god. If you get me to pitch a Wesley episode, I don't that's, know. That's a whole other feat of, like, incredible writing that, like, <laughs> I think you just automatically win the Nobel Peace Prize if you do that. Yeah. yeah. It's Maybe I should do a Beverly's Grandma's Candle Schlicking Lover Returns <laughs> episode. 
Uh, Maybe a Nagilum? Dude, Nagilum. Oh, man, there's a lot of Nagilum lore that we could tap into. That's true. The deep well of Nagilum lore. <laughs> so much Nagilum lore. I mean, anything's game after you have one with the binars in it, I guess. Yeah, right? <laughs> Jeff, I hope the move went great. Josh, I hope staying exactly where you are went similarly well. Uh, yeah, sure. Well. <laughs> uh, the move went... We're here. That's how Amazing. it went. That's about as good as it could go, I guess. <laughs> we arrived where we were supposed to go, so that's how it you went. You live in the place that you said you were going to. Tapon's Theater on Subspace Episode 3 came out last week. Mm-hmm. I hear it's up for a few awards come Oscar season. Oh, I heard that too. <laughs> Axe handle high fives to you lovely Damn. boys. Damn! <laughs> the most deadly S- high five. <laughs> Signed, Rich. Temping at Cool Crimes Incorporated for the summer. <laughs> Long live our glorious leader, Tim Rut. I mean, Phantom Thief. Oh Oops. no, the secret's coming out. It's Tim Russ. The like the funny thing about that is that it went on for long enough and spread wide enough that Phantom Thief Goofus is not in the Discord, but he eventually found out about oh it. He was like, "What are you guys talking He's about?" He's Tim Russ. Yeah, he doesn't know. Whatever. What are you guys talking about? I'm not Tim Russ. I would. I don't know anything about that handsome gentleman with a beautiful lark-like Who's voice. Who's amazing at acting and voice acting. Um, that's that's another fun fact about Tapon's Theater on Subspace for you. It is written by Mr. Rich Masters. There you go. And co-written. Uh, I think both of them have the co-writing. Uh, line by Mr. Boston Sean Dupree. Oh, there you go. Boston Sean. So, check that shit out. It's on iTunes, even, I think. I know it's on SoundCloud, and it's on Twitter somewhere. Like, listen to the ads that are in this episode and last. Yeah, they'll they'll tell you where to go. They'll point you in the direction. There probably isn't an ad in this one, is there? I should probably... Not in this, because it's emails, so... I could... Shit. That's fine. That's fine. Go to the episode. Go listen to our episode. And we'll tweet about it, too. We'll tweet about it, for sure. That's part of the deal, as well. Yeah. Uh, if you'd like your emails read on the air here at Satellite M, the Satellite of Love, <laughs> uh, TM, then you could send that shit on over to mclassemail at gmail.com. Did you ever notice how our satellite's shaped like a dick? Ah, uh, no. Never have. If you think about it. Don't know what you're talking about. think about it. Everything is. If you think hard enough about it, and you think about, like, diseased wieners, everything yeah. is shaped like a dick. Or alien wieners. That's true. Alien wiener could be a circle for all we The know. Statue of Liberty is shaped exactly like a bullion dick, and slightly the same color. You know, wouldn't that be fucked up if, like, the Washington Monument was the exact shape of an alien's dick, and they, like, came down to meet our leaders, and they were like, what the fuck? They probably would love it. They'd be like, hell yeah, this place knows how to fucking party. They made a dick-shaped monument. You guys have a giant sculpture of our dicks? I thought you didn't know us. I thought we were, like, new. Nah, man, we are big into your dicks here. (laughs) We've been loving it for a hundred years at this point. Dude, fucking Egyptians made those fuckers. You know know, know what? I'm loving it. I'm loving it. (laughs) Hashtag McDonald's. I love the dicks. You're a genius, Josh. <laughs> uh, check out Tapon's Theater on Subspace. 
Uh, check out M Class Podcast. That's a pretty good one, I hear. Oh, that's a good one, yeah. Uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Head on over to patreon.com slash mclasspodcast in order to get mclass email a week early. One week! <laughs> oh, shit, because apparently it's not canceled. Oh, we lied. Or didn't we? I don't know. <laughs> we canceled it because we didn't have enough emails, and then mysteriously we had enough emails. So. We're like a uh, mattress store. We're going out of business. Just kidding. No, we're not. <laughs> Just kidding. You gave us enough money. We're staying in business. Liquidation sale again. We're We're going out of business. I mean, we're going out of business again. Shit. Look, thank you everybody who tuned in. Give us money at patreon.com slash mclasspodcast to keep on trekking. Thank you. See you in one week for more M-Class goodness. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.